Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. When a baby is born, are they 100% unique? Yes, are they 100% functional? Are they 100% self-sufficient? Can they raise leaders? Can they raise the babies? No, they can't even raise themselves. They can't even clean their own nappies, amen? So, but they're 100% human. When we get born again, born from above, born of God, we are 100% righteous. We are 100% one with Him, but then the growing up starts, amen? That's why we speak of elders. So elders are not old people. Elders are mature believers. You want to become an elder, like become mature. Amen? That's how you, you, you can become mature. Why was Jesus the leader of his pack? Well, he was anointed, of course. That's a big part of it. But he was also the most mature. At the age of 13, he was already sitting in the synagogues and debating about the word. And the thing is, he knew what the word was about and they didn't. Amen? <laughs> Because you look at John 3, and Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, and, and Jesus says, you're a teacher of teachers, and you don't know these things. What he's basically saying is, you have no clue what the Old Testament is about. And the more I read the Old Testament and then the New Testament, the more I realize so many people don't know what the Bible's about. Okay, but that's my, uh, <coughs> that's my Wednesday night teachings for ministry school. <laughs> but what we need to realize as well is, what is the power about? What is God's presence for? What is the purpose of the power? And what I've realized is the purpose of the power is the same as the purpose of grace. And grace is not to cause passivity. No, grace needs to cause activity. Because when I realize that I'm saved, then I want to tell others that they can be saved themselves. Amen? Because was Jesus passive? No. Was Jesus just sitting on Abba's lap and having la-la land relationship with God? He did that when everyone else was sleeping. So that when everyone was awake, he ministered to them. He had these mountaintop time and he went for it, but then he came down the mountain. Amen? And he made a difference. He came down the mountain and he started ministering. He came down the mountain and he started healing, teaching, delivering people from demons. Why? Because that is what the presence of God should do. The message of grace, the power of God brings activation. Jesus couldn't stay on the mountain because he was overflowing and he had to overflow into someone. If you ask Christo why did he went, went um, or go yesterday, because there's overflow. Because he's pouring so much in that somewhere it needs to get out. Because as Christians, we're not called to be the dead church, amen? Or the dead sea. Why is the dead sea the dead sea? Because there's no outflow. There's inflow, but there's no outflow. How many Christians are alive in the spirit but dead in ministry? They are not worth much to the kingdom. Now, I'm not saying that you're not a treasure and that you're not good and great and God loves you and righteous. I'm not saying any of that. I said, what is the activity that you bring to the kingdom? Because it says that we are not servants, but sons, but now sons need to be of their father's business. Amen? What is business? Business is not busyness, but business people are usually busy. Someone said to me the other day, um, the world is run by tired people. You think the presidents of countries are tired? I think so. You think big business CEOs are tired? I think so. I'm not saying you have to be tired. 
The word says labor to enter into his rest, but now you operate from rest. We're going to have an eternity to be at rest. <laughs> I'm not so sure because I think if I read the Bible, it says that we're going to rule and reign in the life hereafter. Rest in peace. I'm not so sure. Amen. So I'm looking at what is the purpose of the power. And we're looking at uh, Judges 6. And it says from the Passion here in verse 16 that God replied, My presence and my power will be with you. And that was he was speaking to Gideon. And the really then what, what I was thinking about is every time the Spirit came upon the different judges and many others, even like Moses, it was for a purpose. And the purpose was to rule and to reign. The purpose was to stand up in authority, to take people somewhere, to be the leader of the pack. Amen. Even Jesus didn't come just to teach, but he came to, to lead. He was a shepherd that leads out his sheep. So when we see God's presence and his power manifest, it is for ruling and reigning. Now Mark 16 verse 20 is the best example for us. It says, and they went forth. Amen. This is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. Jesus says, go out, teach, proclaim, and these signs will follow. Okay, so that is the invitation. This is terrible. If you were here before the service, you know how I can be trying to fix it. So. That's the best we're going to do for today. We'll take up an offering later. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Um, and they went out and preached where? Everywhere. Did they preach in church? They probably did, but that's not all or any. That's not the only place they preached at. They preached everywhere. They preached at markets, marketplaces, cannabis stalls, amen. Spiritual societies, gaming societies, workplaces, families. They went out. You see that? They went out. Western civilization only goes out when it's holiday. Amen? Except for that, we want to sit behind our white picket fences. We want to be safe and comfortable and cozy and fun. You see what type of Sunday this is going to be. We need to go out. There's purpose for the power, and the power is there to go out. They went forth. They preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. That blessed me so much. God is working. We want to be like God, don't we? Yes, brother, but I mean, you can't work. You need to rest. Ben Conway posted it on Facebook this week. He said, God rested, yes, but after six days of work. I know we rest on day one. I'm a grace preacher. Amen. But now we are in a continuous rest because some people say we're still living in day seven, which is true in the spiritual sense because we're not trying to create. But now we need to rule and to reign. We read Genesis 2, and it says, God has not yet said rain. Why? Because there was no one to till the ground. So God does not give increase if there is no one to take care of that increase. God does not give increase if there's no one in authority who's going to rule and reign, because otherwise it's going to cause, not order, but God is a God of order. God is not a God of, um, of, of, of questions and confusion. Amen? So when there's someone to stand up, then God can do something. And we think it's the other way around. 
It says the Lord working with them. His presence and His power was there. Confirming what? The Word. Now, we don't need to confirm the messenger. Amen? A lot of ministry is about confirming the messenger. Where what I read here is that God's signs, His wonders, God is working to confirm the message. I love what someone said to me on Sunday or Friday. He said, like, I'm not special. This guy is a world-renowned minister. Many books written. He says, I'm not special. I'm just the donkey that takes the messenger with his message to the people. Because if we really believe it's Christ in us, then it's not my message, it's his message. Then it's not my ministry, it's his ministry. I'm just the donkey. Amen? And I'm just taking people there. I'm just taking the king to where he wants to minister, to where he wants to pour out, to whom he wants to be there. So when they, when, when, when they um, persecute me, I know it's not the donkey that they're angry at. It's the king. Many horses have been slain in war. Were people angry at horses? No. So we are just the messenger bringing the message. And then the king, the Lord, he is working to confirm that message. How do we do that? We need to go. We need to preach. And then there's signs following, confirming the message. We don't follow the signs, but we should expect them. Okay, I think as a church, we can grow in our expectation. Expectation of manifestation, expectation of power, expectation of the supernatural. We are great at the word, but the word clearly says that it is not only about the word. The kingdom of God is not just in word, but in power. Dunamis. And you know what is happening in a church worldwide is I believe we're not praying enough. And I'm not saying we're not trying to convince God enough. We are not trying to uh, manipulate God enough. No, no, that's not prayer. We're not trying to remind God enough. No, that's not prayer either. Prayer is spending time in His presence. Enjoying fellowship, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says that it's the, the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion, the intimate friendship and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now, just like I asked you, how's your giving? I want to ask you this morning, how's your intimate friendship and fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Because it is not only you who are missing out. It is all of us. If you are not spending time with God, then I am missing out. Because I'm expecting you to come full and to come overflow and to bring something into the kingdom. Amen? Come on, guys. It's good news. We are tired of playing church. We are tired of giving money so someone can do the work. We are tired of putting someone on a pedestal. I'm not even standing on the stage. The only reason we have a stage is so the people at the back can see me. Amen? We are here to proclaim the gospel message. We are here to equip believers to do the work of the ministry. That's true. If we look around us, this world is sick, this world is tired, this world is going to waste quickly. It is not getting better. Why? Not because God is not moving. No, because the church is passive. Because the church wants to be comfortable. Because the church worldwide wants to sing songs and get goosebumps. And not go out and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cleanse the dead. Heal the leper. Raise the dead. Preach the gospel. That is our intent. That is what we were created for. We were not equipped to have shalalah meetings. We're equipped to go out. We're equipped to preach. We're equipped to raise the dead. To heal the leper. No, I can't touch them. They stay. I don't go there. It's unsafe. What did Jesus do? Did he touch the leper? Yes. 
Did he go to Samaria? You know how dangerous it was for a Jew to go to Samaria? No, you don't. It was dangerous. <laughs> he went at night even sometimes. But it was dangerous. The Good Samaritan. Why is that story relevant in the context? Because in Samaria it was dangerous. On the way to Samaria it was dangerous. Jesus says, I need to go to Samaria. The disciples say, no, you don't. He says, I need to go to Samaria. Why? Because there's a woman at the well. Yeah, but she's an outcast. No one knows even how many husbands she's had. Like, she's not worth anything. That's not how God sees people. He sees the gold. He sees the potential. And guess what? Because Jesus believes in one lady thrown out by society, a whole town gets saved. What are we doing with this treasure? What are we doing with this message? What are we doing with this power? What are we doing with His presence? 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4, Paul says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Selah. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You see, we can be so clean and squeaky that we, we, we never touch the power of God. No, we don't want to create an uncomfortable situation. I want to create many uncomfortable situations for you. Amen? Do you think the disciples were comfortable when Jesus sent them out two by two without money and clothing? Without food? That's uncomfortable, but that's faith. Amen? How did they come back? Rejoicing. Why? Because our Father knows more about us than we do about ourselves. He knows that joy is found in sacrifice. He knows that true purpose is found in laying down your life. He knows that there's more to life than just these few years we spend here. So either you're going to get up and join the party, or you can come every week until the Holy Spirit has worked enough in you that you get excited like I am to lay down your life. Amen? You know, we have a martyrdom complex. True Christians should have a martyrdom complex. Meaning that it's really not about how you die, or if you die. It's about getting the message out. It's about getting the message out. It's about going for it full steam. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I've attended many a church conference, how to grow your church, that was solely based on the wisdom of men. Don't make the service too long. Don't let the Holy Spirit manifest. It will make people feel uncomfortable. Just have the right worship and the right lighting. That's the wisdom of men. You can fill a stadium with that, can't you? But we have... The power of God. Acts 4 verse 33 says, And with great power, say great power, great power power gave the apostles their witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. You see, grace goes with power and power goes with activity. Power goes with going. Power goes with the message that needs to get out. Amen? With great power gave the apostles their witness. Think about the last um, time that you saw a guy selling newspapers. We all know more or less where they are on your morning route. Or if you haven't seen that in a while, they usually like stand in the rain. Again, they're dressed in attire that you can see them. And whether it's cold or rainy or misty, they are there selling newspapers. Now, I was thinking about that, and it is obviously because those people don't earn a lot, so they need the money. Amen? But if they are willing to do that, to get bad news out, 
What are we doing to get the good news out? Are we willing to get a little uncomfortable, maybe? To go without aircon for just one day, or one mission, or one week, or maybe the rest of your life? Because where is it that you're going to live in fulfillment? My heart for you is, is that you were created with destiny, purpose, a living, longing for adventure. And you can say that I'm too harsh this morning, or you can appreciate the message from a pastor who loves you that says, I know there's more for us. I know there's more. We are not called to live in the sheepfold. We are called to be led by the shepherd. And we go in and out, but when we go out, that's when we find pasture. Not when we stay in. We get in here to be equipped so that we can go out. Amen? We have great power, not for a goosebump, but to share the gospel. The purpose of the power is to give a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not your testimony. I'm not so interested in your testimony. I'm interested in the resurrection message of Jesus Christ. You see, we need to go past the cross. We need to preach the resurrection. We need to preach the outpouring because that's the victory over death. And it says great grace was upon them. So the purpose of the power is to operate in abundant or great grace. You see, power and grace go together. The only reason we have the power is because of grace. And last week we looked at really that grace is the access point to the power of God. There's a gift of righteousness. You are made righteous, but then there's a gift that God wants to get to the righteous, which is the power of God through His Spirit. Now, why do we have the Spirit? Because God promised it. That would be a good answer. But to do what with? To go. All power. There's the word. And authority has been given to Jesus. Therefore, bestowing upon us the power and the authority. Go out into all the world. And then what does he say? But wait. But wait. So we have the authority. We have the name. But we need the presence. We need the spirit. We need the outpouring to be filled with his spirit. Acts 10. 36. I'm reading through the book of Acts, just standing in power and, and how they manifested in power. Because you know what? They were still figuring out a lot of things in the book of Acts. But they were much closer to living in the reality of Christianity than we are today. Let's be honest. They were living life as God intended. They were still figuring out and getting out of Judaism and, and dealing with some issues. You can read Acts 15 and you can see how they're having some heated debates about specific things. But what they've realized is like life is not about me. Life is not about me. It wasn't easy to be a Christian. Chances were that you would be a, light, a lamplight. No? They will burn you. Every night, Christians were burned so that the Romans could have light in their streets and have parties. You'd be a light unto the world. That's a different context, isn't it? The word witness is not witness in Acts 1 8. The word witness is better translated martyr. But it's uncomfortable, so those translators of the Bible didn't want to put it in there. You can go for homework, study it out. Acts 1.8 says, and you will receive power to be a martyr. See, few will be martyrs because you need to be sharing the message to be persecuted. While you are quiet, the enemy is focusing somewhere else. 
Let's continue this roller coaster. Acts 10 verse 36 says, And you know the message which he sent to the sons of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Ask yourself, do you know this message? If you don't get to know this message, no other message, this message, the message of peace, the good news of peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know the things that have taken place throughout Judea, starting in Galilee after the baptism preached by John. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? With the Holy Spirit and with great power. It's not two separate things. They go together. Why? So he went around. He didn't stay where he was. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Because God was with him. Who's the oppressor? The devil. Why? Because people allow it. I'll show you now. The purpose of the power is to go, to heal, and to free from the power of death, the power of the oppressor, and the power of the devil. Luke 4.18, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61, and He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, because He's anointed me to preach the good news. What's the anointing for? For preaching to the poor. That's not poor, the word is meek. So it's not just people without money, it's those who need the Spirit. He has sent me to announce. You see, I want you to see these verbs. We're speaking about ruling and reigning through the power of God. So there's preaching, there's proclaiming, there's announcing to the captives that they are set free. There's a recovery of sight to the blind and setting free those who are oppressed. There's a ruling, there's a reigning, there's an authority on the person who carries the Spirit of God. Those who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy. That's what Henry did this morning. Ministering to those who are in depression. Ministering to those who are in healing. Saying, I have the answer. He's proclaiming the good news of Jesus over you. He's setting you free by not His power, but the power of God. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day of salvation, when the God's favor and, um, and, and abund- abundance of grace. The Amplified adds. Then He rolled up the scroll, having stopped in the middle of the verse. Now, for homework again, you can go find out why did he stop in the middle of the verse. So you need to go and understand how your Bible works. You need to go to Isaiah 61 verse 2. Because Jesus came and showed us that God is not a God of wrath. God is a God of love. God is a God of goodness. God is a God of favor, abundant grace. Amen. Now, all the eyes of those in the synagogue were fixed on him. Verse 21. And he began speaking to them. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and in your presence. And as he continued on, they were all speaking well of him. I mean, that happened seldom. That everyone was speaking well of Jesus. Amen. So this was a rare occurrence. That was not the purpose why he was going for it. And were in awe and were wondering about the words of grace which were coming from his lips. And they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? So he said to them. See, they, 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 they're picking up something. What are they picking up? They're picking up that this guy is speaking with more authority. If you can just go back to verse 22, please. This guy is speaking with more authority and more grace than what they expect from a carpenter. Why? Because in the carpenter, they didn't expect someone who's going to rule and reign. They expected someone who's going to make and serve. But now because he's got the Spirit of God, he is explaining the Word, and he is sure about himself. He is sure about his message, and there's signs, there's power, there's confirmation. And they say, but this is not as we understand. This is not according to the system of men, 
because this guy is not supposed to operate in this authority. Because he's not a pastor, he's not a preacher, he's not a, a, a Levite, he's not a, a priest, he's not of a royal family as we understand it. Why is he speaking with authority? People look at me. I used to do a meaning. He's studying engineering. How can he be preaching? Because there's a presence and a power. Because there's a message that's not mine. Because there's a ministry that I'm just joining in with. Because I've realized that this changed me. So I want to help change others. Amen. This was a lifeline when I needed it most. The love of God embraced me at my lowest point. So why would he not do it for someone else? I told God, I'm willing to go study theology if it's needed. God said, I need you on the, on the mission field sooner. I did ministry school. I studied the word. I do ministry school like every year. <laughs> When I ended ministry school, I said in my exception speech, I said, what I've learned in two years is how much I need to learn still. I'm not saying I'm there, but I'm going for it. Amen. I'm going for it as much as we can. We need to get this message out because time is short. Amen. Lorenzo, you had the word the other day about drowning. And I was reminded of that on Friday night. We celebrate one girl who's come back to life, but how many people are drowning every day spiritually around us? Or are already dead. The corpses are, are laying around us. You see, I always, when I prepare the message, I really don't always know how it's going to come out. <laughs> but we trust the Holy Spirit. Amen? They were speaking well of Him. They were wondering, how can? Again, I'm not putting a heavy on you, but are people wondering about you? How come so-and-so be so different these days? How come so-and-so be um, not sick when everyone else is sick? How can so-and-so be positive or always in church? I spoke to Paul's friend yesterday and he said to me, I don't understand these guys, they're always busy with church. At first they couldn't understand it, now they admire it. He said, this evening they're doing this, this evening they're doing this, this they're doing this. On Sundays they're always there like, I said, yeah, and there's fruit in their lives. Are people noticing that you're different? Luke 4.31 And they came down from the hills of Nazareth to Capernaum, a city of Galilee on the shore of the sea, and He was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were surprised, almost overwhelmed, says the Amplified, at His teaching, because His message was given with authority and power and great ability. They are not only speaking of how he explained the scriptures, I believe it's included, but the manner in which he did it, the surety with which he shared his message, and the signs and the healings that followed. There was something about Jesus, wasn't there? Even the sinners wanted to be close to him. Selah. So are you so drenched in the love of God that you want to go to the sinners? And see them saved. The oppressed. The downtrodden. The outcast. Jesus wept. Jesus was worried. He was burdened. Why? Because people were walking around a sheep without a shepherd. Luke 4.33 There was a man in the synagogue who was possessed by the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud and terrible voice. Let us alone. Who's crying out? The man or the demon? The demon in the man, okay? 
And he cried out with a loud and terrible voice, Leave us alone. What business do we have in common with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. I know you are the Holy One of God. I need to just pause here for a moment. So, I think it's in John 1. It says that the light came to us, to the darkness. The light shone in darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it. So if we link that verse to what we read on the screen currently, what is in darkness? Because the demon is not darkness, because the darkness, the demon, if you want to say that, did comprehend. The demon knew who Jesus was. The demon knew who the light was. So what is darkness? It's the people. You see, we don't need to convince demons of who Jesus is. That's what we think. We want to deliver someone from a demon. We think we need to convince them of Jesus. No, they know who Jesus is. This is an example. It's the world who doesn't know who Jesus is. It's the world who hasn't heard that God is good, that He is love, that there's peace between man and God. It's the world that doesn't know the authority and the power with which the Christian can live. It's the world that doesn't know the adventure of Christianity that comes with the reality of the Spirit living in you. We are not called to be boring. I grew up thinking church is boring. I grew up thinking Christians are the boring, safe ones. They are the ones, the bang, I like my bang Huh? I grew up thinking that I, I mean, I can do math. So I was thinking, chances of me having a long sick bed and making right with God before I die versus just being sure, like, whenever anything can happen, like, I'm just going to play it safe. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll rather just make sure that I'm good with God all the time. That's not Christianity. Come on. Where's the power in that? But then I heard the gospel. Then I heard the message. I shook hands with the person who shared the gospel with me. It was Alicia first and the second person a week later shared the gospel with me in 2006. On Friday night, I went up to him. I said, thank you, sir. You don't know me. You shared the gospel with me in a house in Victoria East in 2006. I'm still on fire. Praise the Lord. Why? Because of the purpose of grace. The power of the Spirit, which is just flaming on the inside of us and taking up more and more of who we are so that He can become more and we can become less. That blessed that man. He's a minister. He's ministering his heart out. He looked at me and says, Thank you. And that's a few years ago. So him showing up out of town, he's not from Pretoria. He's from Northwest. Coming to a different town on a weeknight in a home, sharing the gospel, is having a ripple effect this morning in Stanmarsh. I don't know how many people I've led to the Lord, but it's going to be to his account. Why? Because he had the audacity to go and preach the gospel. Nothing special. Or is it everything special? You see, we're waiting for the spectacular. Therefore, we miss the supernatural. That is supernatural. One man sharing one message in a home in Pretoria East in 2006. 
and having a ripple effect today still. That's supernatural. There wasn't fire. There wasn't a manifestation. There was the gospel preached in purity. Can you do that? I bet most of you can. Most of you can get out of your car, go to someone and preach the gospel in purity. See, this is not for the super dupers. This is simple. So the demon knew who Jesus was. The people didn't. Who are we giving power to? We're giving power to the devil because of our ignorance. We want to convince the devil who Jesus is, and he knows very well. You just need to know, convince yourself who Jesus is, first of all, and secondly, where he is, and who you are in him. And then you will speak what? With power, boldness, authority. Why? Because you're living in prayer, which is enjoying his presence, realizing who he is and where he is, is in you. And then the demons know. This is not Christus showing up. This is not Herman showing up. This is the Spirit of God showing up. And then they start looking for pigs. Amen? Because they need a new home. Verse 36. They were all astonished and in awe and began saying to another, What is this message? What is this message? What word is this? What message is this? For with authority and power he commands even the unclean spirits and they come out. And news about him spread into every place and the surrounding districts and Galilee. See, we don't need a marketing strategy for church. That's the wisdom of men. What do we need? To show up in power, with purpose, and a message. No, the message. And word will go out. Who told the city in Samaria about Jesus? The lady who was changed. And then what happens? It's beautiful. Then they go and she preaches to the town and then the town comes to Jesus. And then later on, I think it's John, it's in the Gospel of John, and it says, and they say to the lady, now we believe, not only because of you, but because we've heard for ourselves. That's the discipleship. Is not getting people attached to you, but attached to the king. So that they can go out and get more people not attached to them, but attached to the king. The true teacher, the one with authority. Acts 1, verse 4 says, While being together and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. What did the Father promise? We think the Father promised Jesus. promised the Spirit. And Jesus had to come, manifested in the flesh, dying as a man, risen, resurrected, and then ascended so that He could fulfill what the Father had promised. It sounds simple, but how many Christians live as if God promised Jesus and then they just live in the forgiveness of sins and they never move into power and authority? Because you need to be forgiven of your sins to receive the power and authority. You need to be set free from the curse. Amen? But that's only part of the package. Do you just sit there? Oh, I'm so forgiven. Oh, I'm so forgiven. Nice, enjoy it. 
but wake up. <laughs> you are forgiven so that you can be full, so that you can go, so that you can share, so that we can live this purpose, and that we can go into all the world. It's expensive to go into all the world. Ask me, I've gone a few times. You know what's funny? It's only since I resigned full-time employment. So when I was working, they sent me to Durban once and to Joburg, I think, twice. First year without a salary, God says, go to America. Sister, I didn't ask you how you're going to pay for it. I just said, make arrangements. You know what a Christian needs? Two things. Three things. You need the Spirit of God. You need the Bible. And you need a passport. I saw my passport is expiring in May, so I went and I renewed it in time. And someone at work said, because I was, I was late at work, I had to pick up my passport. And they said, oh, you're planning to go somewhere. I said, no, I'm always ready. Why? Because I'm a minister. I want to be ready. I'm a donkey. A donkey needs to go places and carry things there. Amen? I don't know where God's going to send me, but let's be ready. Malmesbury Home Affairs is much better than Stellenbosch. Just <laughs> don't tell them, but I'm here to give you good news. Amen? I even have the number of someone who can stand in the queue for you, so I'll auction that off later. But to wait for what the Father had promised, of which He said, you have heard me speak. So what did Jesus speak of? The Spirit. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized and empowered and united. I like how the Amplified says, you're not just going to be baptized and then, well done, now you're clean. No, it says, no, you're going to be baptized, you're going to be empowered, you're going to be united. Meaning you're never going to be apart from the Spirit of God again. Why? Because He needs an empowering in you to change the world. Not long from now. So when they had come together, they asked him repeatedly, Lord, are you at this time re-establishing the kingdom and restoring it to Israel? They still didn't get it. They still did not get what Jesus was about. After the resurrection, after he's shown himself, after he's eaten of the honey, after he's bride fished for them, after he explained to them again and again, after he said to Thomas, come and touch my, my, my wounds, they still think that God, through Christ, is sending a Messiah to bring a political revolution. They still don't get it. And Jesus just gives out at this point. He's done his plan. Now the Holy Spirit's problem. <laughs> now he says, now you need, now I'm done. Okay? They still didn't get it. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times and epochs of which the Father had fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will tell people about me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, and even up to the end of the earth. What is He doing? He says, Get out of your Israel mentality. Get out of your humanistic mindset. This is not just about a place or a people group. This is not about politics. This is about the world. This is about going out into all the world. He's not answering their question directly, but he's answering and says, Guys, stop playing small. Stop dreaming about this political revolution and so-called freedom. You are called. You're going to be empowered. You're going to receive what? To go out into the entire world. Because why? The promise was to Abraham and to his seed that in you will all the nations of the world be blessed. Amen. How? 
if the church goes to all the nations of the world. So we are hindering God's promise. That's a glass of cold water in your face, and in mine. Why? Because God promised to Abraham, how long ago was that? That through you and through the Messiah that's going to come through you, go read Galatians 3 and Galatians 4, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So now Jesus comes to Israel and He comes as a man because that's where the covenant and fulfillment of the prophecies are. But He doesn't come to save them. He comes to save everyone. Amen? Even the Romans. Why Jesus said, love your enemy. Even the Romans, what is awesome, if you read the book of Acts, and it speaks of the household of Caesar that was full of believers. The household of Caesar, who burned Christians daily, could not keep out the infectious power of the Holy Spirit. Not through fear, because love, perfect love, Costs out there. What can the world do to you if you're not afraid of dying? And we should not be because that's the last enemy that was overcome. Jesus' resurrection. That's why the resurrection is our message. Because through the resurrection comes the power. You will receive power. Forget about just playing small. You have a world to go to. The power to witness. The power to go So, Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them tongues resembling fire which were distributed among them. And they rested on each one of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. Not just the ministers. These were the ministers at that stage, but everyone there. There was 500 people who witnessed the resurrected Christ. We read later on. There was only 120 in the upper room. 380 people did not obey Jesus' command to go and wait. Who missed out? Everyone missed out. Fills mean? Or to fill means to? To fool. If you're filled, you are full. You are full of the power. Now look at the purpose of the power, and I'm starting to bring this down. Now, where the Jews were living in Jerusalem, devout and God fearing men from every nation under heaven. You see, that's the privilege of living in a town like Stellenbosch. There's people here from many nations. And when the sound was heard, a crowd gathered and they were bewildered because each one was hearing those in the upper room speaking in his own language. Just get your picture right. There's people in an upper room. That's where they are baptized. Now they are making a noise. Now the people outside are gathering to find out what this noise is about. But what they hear now is they hear the gospel. They hear the gospel. They don't just hear prayer. They hear the gospel. They were using their own language or dialect. They were completely astonished, saying, Look, are not all of these speaking Galileans now? How is it that each of us hears in our own language or native dialect? Verse 9. Among us there are Perthians, Medes, Elamites, and people of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, 
Egypt, Arab districts of Libya, around Cyrene, the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Gentiles who converted to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. United Nations, right there. We all hear them speaking in our native tongues about the mighty works of God. What is the first manifestation of the Holy Spirit power of God? It is the proclaiming of the goodness and the, the message of God. Healings come later on. Why? Because healings need to confirm the message. Signs comes later on. This is the first empowerment. And what is the first reaction is preaching, proclaiming, boldly speaking. Now Peter stands up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. This is a guy who was hiding behind a slave girl and saying, I don't know this man. What happened? Power. Authority. Understanding. All of a sudden, it's not Peter. He's just the donkey. And he brings a message. He says, let me tell you what this is. Listen closely. Pay attention to what I say. These people are not drunk as you assume or oppose. For it's only nine in the morning. But this is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel. So what is he doing? He's proclaiming the message of God from the Old Testament. He says, and you will, and I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. Verse 18, even on my bond servants, both men and women, will I in those days pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. Verse 21, and it shall be that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there is a power anointing happening there is the presence of the Holy Spirit falling so that they can preach, so that the preaching can lead to salvation. So if we think about ruling and reigning as Christians, this is the picture you should have. Not so we can have more people in political positions and power. No, that we can have more born-again believers. If we have more born-again believers, there will be more people in power positions. Amen? There will be more influence. But even in the household of Caesar, there were many believers. There's this mindset that we need to convert the know-it-alls and the, the ones everyone knows because they will have the greatest impact. I don't see that in Scripture. Because each person is the same worth for God. And the rich is more difficult to reach. So I'm not saying we're not trying to reach them. But God, through Jesus, preached the gospel to the meek. The poor in spirit. Those who knew that they needed God. So when you go into a room, I don't know about you, my inclination is to go to the highest tree. Because you think you have the biggest impact. It's not necessarily true. You need to discern by the spirit who's ready. Look at the woman at the well. She was the person of least influence probably in that whole town. In fact, I think she had a, a negative influence. And how God turned that around. We need to discern with the Spirit. That's part of the power. As we go out and we don't look at man's wisdom, but by the Spirit of God. God, who's the person of peace? Who's ready to receive? Who's meek? Who's recognized? Who's prayed this morning? Who's received the word yesterday? So I can just water. So I can add. You see, because often I realize that what we want to do is we want to say, I got so and so saved. 
We're collecting scalps. And if it's more famous scalps, then you think we're more worthy. Maybe it's just me, I'm just being vulnerable now, but I've I realized that that is pride. If I get a million unknown people saved, that's a million rewards in heaven. If I get ten fam- famous people saved, that's ten rewards in heaven. There's no, there's no difference. I'm not saying stay away from the famous people. If God says that's the one, then go for it. Amen? But what happens in the church worldwide is famous people get saved and then they get the microphone. And what happens from there? Usually not too good. We don't celebrate the messenger. We proclaim the message. That is what the Spirit of God does. We have power to perform miracles. But actually we only have the authority to do so after we've proclaimed the message. Mark 16 verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. Confirming the word, the message that they have proclaimed, that left their mouths with signs following. The good news is too good. We can't keep it for ourselves. Acts 2.39, for the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children, and for all who are far away, including the Gentiles, as many as the Lord called to himself. So they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together and to prayers. Again, how's your prayer life? Are you stirring yourself up? Are you encouraging yourself like David did in prayer? It says, And a sense of awe was felt among everyone, and many wonders and signs, attesting miracles, were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed in Jesus as Savior were together and had all things in common, considering their possessions to belong to the group as a whole. Again, it sounds like we want your stuff. No, we want you. I don't want your stuff. I want you to live on fire. I want you to be like the burning bush who doesn't burn out. Because why? Then people come looking. And then people start talking and then revolution happened. Amen? We don't sustain the fire. But the fire sustains us. The fire, I'm not talking about tongues of fire. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. That passion that we have inside of us. The more you meditate on Jesus and the good news, the more you're going to speak about Jesus and the good news. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Maar die hart van vol is, loop die mond van oor. And like, Christy explains so beautifully, then it becomes easy. I know it wasn't always easy for you. When you believed a different message, it wasn't easy. And you weren't proud, you, you weren't happy to share it, you felt obliged. Like Jehovah Witnesses on a street corner. I've never been enticed to go and speak to them. Because they look happy and alive and because I want what they have. But I found a burden to go speak to them because I know they need what I have. Then you go with power and authority. Not because I'm so great. No, I'm nothing. I'm just a donkey, but you know who's on my back? The one they sing, Hosanna. 
the one who we laid on our clothes and we did palm trees and, and we said, come in, King. I am just carrying Jesus wherever I can. And let it be hidden. And his words that proceed out of my mouth. Anyone with me? Yes. You with me? Let's stand. Acts 2, 46, while your eyes are closed, says, Day after day they met in the temple, continuing of one mind, breaking bread, eating together from home to home in private places. They were eating their meals together with joy and generosity, praising God continually and having favor with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Why did God add to their number daily? Because the gospel was preached daily. Because God had a message to work with. Because the seed was sown. The sower sows the seed. And without the seed, there's no harvest. So it's not supernatural. It's not different to what we have. If we want God to add to our number daily, then we need to speak daily. We need to share daily. We need to go daily. We need to operate in power daily. So Father, we just thank you right now that there's an encouraging in our heart, a stirring up, hopefully this morning, that we can do more with what we have. That we can reach further, that we can go further, that we can live for more than ourselves, Father. That we can lay down even our lives, even some more, so that we can see the gospel go forth. That we know while we have the power, that there's a purpose to it. And the purpose of the power is to preach, to proclaim, to bring under authority, but not our authority, the authority of the name of Jesus, Father. The kingdom of Jesus, that we help people see Jesus. That we help them become translated from darkness, there where they don't understand who Jesus is, to light, there where they see the King on His throne. Father, thank You that there is goodness and mercy that follows us every day of our lives, but that when we go, we go with purpose. Father, when we go, we go with power. When we go, we go with the presence of God that is on the inside of us. When we go, we don't need to go in meekness, Father, because we can go as the righteous, who is as bold as a lion. Paul says, I go in trembling and fear. Why? Because he knows in himself he's just the donkey. But the words that he speaks, the one that he carries is gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. It is therefore the healing of the nations. It is therefore the proclamation of the good news of Christ. It is there to raise up, to stir up a nation, to stir up the world, to change a generation unto Jesus. Amen. Who's with me? Let's change this generation who's going way off, who's going more and more and more into secular humanistic ideas, who's more confused than ever about everything, who doesn't have purpose. But all of those things are just because they haven't heard, they haven't tasted and seen His goodness. The God that was presented to them is not the God that you and I serve. The God that has been presented to them is an old man up in the sky that's angry somewhere. But we have God inside of us. We have the promise of the Spirit manifested. We have the power of God. We have a God who is love. A God who is gracious. A God who is kind. A God who is slow to anger. A God who does not keep record of wrong. A God who embraces us. Who lifts us up. Who calls us close. Who speaks into our hearts that we are sons of God. Power beings with God. That we are to rule and to reign, to proclaim and to preach, to raise up the dead, to, to heal the lepers, but that we are there to pour out His Spirit, amen, into those who need Him. The poor in spirit, that we have this covenant that has come true, the promise from on high that is now living on the inside of every believer. Amen? Church, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm not special. I'm just knowing the message. 
And I look into the eyes of the messenger. And sometimes you just need to set up your week so that you have to do the same. Because it's from His presence that we proceed with power. That banner that we use for the series, it's prayer first. Because that's meaning presence. Enjoying His presence. And only when we proceed from that intimacy, when we come down the mountain, when we come out of the upper room, we operate in power. This is not rocket science. It's enjoying time with your Father, meditating on His message, and realizing that the purpose of grace, the purpose of the Spirit, the purpose of power, is to rule and to reign by proclaiming the message of the Gospel. Simple Christianity. And guess what? We don't have to stand on street corners like people who need to sell bad news in the newspaper. We get to proclaim victory. God is not angry. God is not struggling. God is not holding your sins against you. God is alive forevermore. God is powerful. God is for you, not against you. You're forgiven. You've been raised up. What a privilege. It's not a burden to share. You just need to get out of your flesh. Realize that we're the donkeys, but that we're carrying royalty. See, we need to become less and he more, like John the Baptist said. It's true. When we become less, less afraid, less aware of what people will think, less comfortable, then he will become more. Because the word will be preached and the seed will go out and there will be a harvest. I don't think I can do more to stir you up this morning. But this is not about me. This is about all of us. Again, you're going to interact with people this week that I'll never meet. What are you going to give them? Decide before you get into the moment. Because often the moment is overwhelming. Let's not just go on mission, let's live mission. Because the power doesn't come on us when we go on mission, the power is in us. Work out your salvation. Even if it's with fear and trembling. Because really it's not about us. Amen. Find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.